and welcome back to Tennis Picks and Bets here at the Mayo Media Network. I'm your host, John, at Jared Tweets Tennis on Twitter or at Tidbits Tennis as well. That's a podcast I do where I will break down all matches this week every day, regardless of whether I have a bet on them or not, try and get you some insight analysis on a more in-depth level. So go ahead and check that out as well. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix, at your favorite podcast app. And then on this video, throw a like, just below, comment with your favorite bet, and of course, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network for all the great info and content they have across all sports and leagues right now and all the time. We will continue our daily videos for Wimbledon, though, this week, and of course, it is Manic Monday, 16 matches. The round of 16 will play out entirely on Monday. They don't play on Sundays. The first Sunday Wimbledon, they've never played because they like to get a day of maintenance for that grass. That ends this year. This is the final year we will have no middle Sunday play. So we got a ton of action on the courts on what they dub Manic Monday. We'll begin on the men's in the men's draw with Sebastian Korda on the money line against Haran Hachanov. That is an even money plus or plus 100, if you will. Look, Hachanov has been impressive this week. He didn't have much form leading in. I'll give him credit for building it throughout the first week of Wimbledon. He has been solid. His serve has been solid, and he's got a big one. So we'll give him credit there. The problem is I'm not, I'm still not sold on potentially his path through. Mackie McDonald, Mackenzie McDonald, uh, sorry, is a player who was leading in that first set, ended up taking it down, but really at the start, end of that set in the first round, you could see him kind of start to break down on serve. I don't know if it was fatigue from playing a lot of challenger matches or, or what it was, but he didn't look right. Um, not allowed Hachanov to kind of sprint through the rest of the match. And then, of course, in the third round against Tiafo, he kind of, did what Tiafo did to his prior opponent in Vashik Pospisil, right? He served at 70% first serves in. That is a tough number to replicate. And of course, with a serve, that's a, that's a, certainly a path to victory. Um, does, does that regress? I would expect so. It's tough to hit 70% of your first serves in match after match over the course of six, seven, or eight sets, potentially. Um, and of course, he's also playing a player with a much bigger game than Francis Tiafo. He didn't have the experience on grass leading into this season, but Cordes got wins over the likes of Bautista Agut, Alex Dimenauer. I mean, he's beaten some really strong players uh, to get to this point. And, you know, we sit, we saw it again this week, a very quality week. You know, Dan Evans in the last round, a well-known grass quarter with that, uh, that slice that is very effective, took care of him in four sets going up against him and the British crowd. So I'm, I'm not really too concerned about the lack of matches prior to this season for Sebastian Corda, frankly, because he's proven to be effective against good grass quarters. He's also got a much bigger game than Tiafo did to trouble Hachinov. He'll be able to hold serve far more easily. He's winning over half of his second serve points this week. Like he's backing up the second serve. Well, it's going to be very tough to break someone who can do that while also having a big booming first serve. He kind of likes that low bounce. It hasn't troubled him. And I think that's something to watch for as well. I think the edge here has to go to Corda. I'd actually make him a slight favorite in this match. I believe he was for a little while before uh, that came back. Uh, some money came in on the other side and now has it at even money. So I will go ahead and take slight underdog here in the men's draw. Moving over to the women. We're going to start with Ont Jabour on the money line against Iga Sviantek at plus 120. This one is something I just can't pass up. I have the wrong woman favored in this market here. I think Ont Jabour is the better player on grass right now than Iga Shrantek. Shrantek has had not a cupcake draw, but a very favorable one in Shea Sue in the first round where she won four and four. Then she beat Zvonareva badly. Vera Zvonareva, of course, not the player she once was. I, I was thinking about backing her um, in that round, but after watching the Bushkova match, I wasn't keen on her serve. It looked a little wobbly, so I passed. 
And of course, Iga Shrontek picked it apart. And then in the third round, she meets Irina Camelia Begu, who is just not a great grass quarter in general. So I'm not sold on those wins. And none of those three women are even close to the level of Aunt Jabour right now on the grass. Jabour has the form, right? She picked up a title in the lead-in tournaments uh, to Wimbledon. She has the game. She's got a big first serve. She's got a great slice that's very effective on the grass. And she's got a nice week built up here as she probably had the match of the third round. The toughest match of the third round of the women's draw for me was that Jabour versus Muguruza match. Whoever won that was my favorite to come out of their quarter. And I'm going to stick by that prediction or I'm going to stick with that feeling and continue to trust Jabour to get it done here. Iga Sriantek, again, even in the match she had prior to Wimbledon, didn't look great. She won one and then lost to Kasakina. The one match she won against Heather Watson, the Brits would call that a bottle job. Heather Watson was 4-1 up, serving at 40-love, five points from victory in the third set before collapsing and losing at 7-5. And she, of course, is not on the level of Jabour either. So Shrontek has yet to prove to me that she can get it done in these spots. I don't have her favor just yet on a grass court. If, if she hits a ton of first serves, she, you know, she's going to be right in this match. But I do believe that is kind of going to be a, a necessity for her. Um, and I don't trust her to do it. I think Jabour is able to work her variety rely on that first serve to find some points, free points, and get this done. The next match and final selection for the bets side of things, Ludmilla Samsonova, minus 105 on the money line against Karolina Pliskova. And this is simply a matter of what does Karolina do better than Ludmilla? If you ask yourself that question, it, it's tough to find something. Is she the better mover? Gosh, no. Is she the better server? In almost every other match she plays on tour, the answer would be yes. Not in this one. Samsonova is firing on all cylinders right now. Um, one of the best ace rates out there. One of the best on return serve rates in this tournament so far. You know, is she in better form right now? Nope. That's not true either of Pliskova, that is. Right? Samsonova hasn't lost this grass season. She has beaten some really talented players. She's beaten a resurgent Sloan Stevens in this tournament. She beat Victoria Azarenka, Madison Keys, Veronica Kudermatova in her Berlin title run. Even in qualifying. She had Anna Kanyu, who's insanely talented and is still coming back from an injury. That's why she was in qualifiers. That was a tough qualifying match that she got through in a third set tiebreak. Look, she has dealt with power all grass season, and she has come through with a plum each and every time. Again, she's going to serve up there with or even better than Pliskova. She's got a bigger forehand. She's got more weapons from the baseline. She moves better, and she's in better form. How she's not a decisive favorite in this match, I don't know. We're going to, to trust all the things that we handicap, say Samsonova. So we're going to trust that our numbers making her a solid favorite is a mistake by the market here. And back her minus 105 seems like a very cheap price to go ahead and attack. Before we wrap up, I do want to get to the DF, DFS side of things. The rain really complicated in the first week. I wanted to have a few more chats about one or two players to look for in DFS. Didn't have that opportunity really in that first week. But with Manic Monday... And having an entire day off where, where DraftKings knows the order of play and get the prices out early, we have a little bit to talk about. And the one player I want to talk about, if you're looking, if you really like a few of the higher price and higher salaried players on the DraftKings board for Manic Monday, you, you're going to need someone that's going to be relatively cheap in, in that roster to be able to accommodate having multiple expensive players. That one for me, Hubert Hurkacz. Think about this. Daniil Medvedev, while the, obviously more talented and, and has a, well, the larger pedigree, has a title this season on the grass, I get all that. But hear me out here. 
Medvedev needed five sets to come through against Marin Cilic. It was two sets to love down. And if Cilic doesn't run out of gas, he may not even be in this match. Whereas Hercaj, after a long losing streak, and it was bad, after his Miami title run in his first Masters 1000 title, uh, yeah, it was not good after that. But this week, he's been really strong, man. In his first three matches, Hubert Hercaj is the only player left in the draw not to have been broken. And the more impressive than that is he's only had to save four break points across three entire matches. We're not talking best of three set matches here. We're talking best of five set at a major tennis where he has only faced four break points through three matches. Look, Medvedev is a great returner. So obviously it's a step up and that has to be taken with some sort of grain of salt. But look, man, he's been serving really well. He's very good. He has all the chance in the world to take Medvedev out here. Um, and while he doesn't have the serve, the serve of Marin Cilic, he's certainly serving like he does, um, as I mentioned with those statistics earlier. So if you're looking, again, this isn't necessarily advice to go do this if you're looking, if you've got a roster that's, you know, full of pick em players or, you know, you're, you're right at that average salary. But if you're looking to get two high-priced players and fit them in your lineup, this, this is an option for you to look at in terms of the lower end of the, of the board salary-wise where you can kind of uh, finagle your way into getting multiple expensive players. So keep that in mind if you do want to take one of the underdogs in the DFS markets. Hercatch and Oji Aliasim also a case, but I think Hercatch holds a little more value because he is a little cheaper here. And I think Medvedev is just as susceptible as Verab is to losing. Thanks for watching, guys. Again, at Jared Tweet, send us on Twitter. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. And if you do this in audio form, Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, The Mix, rate, review, and subscribe.